You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, supporter of Animal Advocates, writer, and human companion to Max A. Pooch, the earth therapy dog who picks up litter and puts it in its place, and the canine supporter of Animal Advocates Everywhere. Max and I thank our listeners for joining us, and we dedicate this episode as we dedicate every episode those amazing people who work to save the lives and or improve conditions of companion, domestic, or wild animals. Our guest today comes from the ranks of professionals who spend their careers caring for our pets. He is Dr. Glenn Buckley, and he has more than 15 years' experience as an emergency veterinarian and a CEO and founder of Pet Rescue Rx. We'll learn what Pet Rescue RX has in common with Newman's own brand, started by the late actor Paul Newman, what spurred Dr. Buckley to start his company, and more. Pet owners who are associated with an animal rescue or animal shelter or support a rescue or shelter with donations will be interested in hearing about Pet Rescue RX. However, first we need to take a break and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's dinner time in America, where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands, like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guest is Dr. Glenn Buckley, founder of Pet Rescue Rx. Welcome, Dr. Buckley. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate you having me on your show. It's been great. I've been doing some research about your company and you, and uh, I think our listeners are really going to be interested. Can you explain to us a little bit of generally what Pet Rescue Rx is? Yeah, Pet Rescue Rx is a, a unique business. We're an online pharmacy for pet medications. And my experience as a veterinarian and shelter volunteer over the years has shown me that one of the biggest needs that rescue groups and shelters need is that continued financial support. And primarily, most of these organizations rely solely on donations from the public. Even the municipal shelters out there many times have fundraising events to make up for budget shortfalls. And I began to think about what could be done that could financially support these organizations in a way that's never been done before to uh, provide a sustainable funding revenue stream. 
And the idea of Pet Rescue RX came, and I investigated that potential to a great detail and realized that with Pet Rescue RX, with an online pharmacy, we could financially support these groups to a great extent. So, okay, so first of all, you're an online pharmacy, so I can go to Pet Rescue RX, and what kind of medications can I get for my pet? Well, pretty much any type of medication that your pet's going to need, whether it's a prescription or non-prescription item, uh, we do carry. And our pharmacists are uh, trained with additional education in veterinary pharmacology, so they know all the medications and can assist people if there's something not on our site to locate it. And it's really a, a unique opportunity for people to help their own pets save some money on their medications and support the rescue groups and shelters in their town. And is that why uh, in your literature and online you say that you model, uh, your business model is that of the late actor Paul Newman's, Newman's own brand? Yeah, when I was looking into the business and trying to find whether anybody was doing it before, because when the idea came to me, I thought, well, there must be somebody out there doing this already. And when I found that there wasn't, I looked for other businesses to model after. And that's when I came across Newman's Own and what the actor Paul Newman had started many years ago to support the organizations that he believed in through his products. And I thought, this is it. This is what we need to do. And we need to do it with pet medications. And let me ask you this. Do you select the uh, shelters or rescues? Or if I purchase something online from your site, can I select the shelter I want the profit to go to? No, the great part about it is that the customers select what organization they'd like to support. So if they adopted from a particular rescue or shelter and would like to support them, uh, the only requirement that we have of the organizations is that they're a registered 501c3. And uh, the customer gets to select uh, those groups. Right now we have over 300 uh, registered with us. If a group is not registered with us at this point, the customer can add their name when they place their order and we'll contact them and let them know what Pet Rescue RX is all about and wanting to help them and try to encourage them to sign up. Very interesting. That is a, a very interesting concept. But let's turn for a second to pet owners. As a veterinarian, do you think Americans are giving their pets adequate health attention? I think most Americans desire to provide the care for their pets. As an emergency vet, what I do see, though, many times is that uh, for various reasons, people put off preventive care delay getting the care that they need for their pets or don't have a veterinarian uh, to go to on a regular basis. And that changes the, the scope of how we have to treat animals because just the same as on the human side, you know, treating a patient on an emergency basis when a disease has already started and progressed it can be much more expensive and costly for the owners. Prevention is such a key when it comes to our pets. I guess that makes sense because, you know, as a human, I, I make sure I go get a checkup every year. And if something happens in between time that concerns me, I call my doc and uh, make an appointment and see what's going on. And I think uh, you would urge that pet owners do the same thing. Oh, certainly. Things like vaccinations for certain diseases like parvovirus in particular, we've been seeing so much of that. And it's such a preventable illness for dogs. And the vaccines, even if it's not through a vet hospital, whether it's through a vaccine clinic, 
a lot of the shelters do offer those. You can get them at a very, very reasonable price and prevent an illness that can be fatal. Another one good example is heartworm disease. Heartworm disease easily preventable with the monthly preventative. Treating it is costly. There's risks associated with the treatment. So prevention is, is such a key. Let me ask you this. You know, the, the two diseases, parvovirus and heartworm disease, you know, when I was a kid, and now it may be because it's so long ago and my memory isn't that good, I think distemper and rabies were the, the two that we had our dogs vaccinated for. I don't recall so many other diseases. Is it my imagination? Are they more prevalent? Are they new? Or what's happening? No, heartworm disease and parvo have been around for quite a bit of time. But what we're finding, like say with rabies, for example, there's been so much done to prevent rabies outbreaks in the wildlife population. And that's primarily where our cats and dogs get it from, that's through wildlife. So there's been a lot of rabies prevention focused on the wildlife. And it cycles. There's peaks and there's valleys when, when you have an outbreak. And uh, But right now, for the most part across the country, rabies is fairly rare. It's still out there, and, and vaccinations are certainly required for it, mandatory in most areas uh, that your pets are at least vaccinated for rabies because of the human uh, potential for illness. But for parvo and for heartworm, it's just something that is very, very common nowadays and so preventable. Again, is it more common than it used to be, or are we just more aware of it? I would probably say people are more aware of it. Yes, I would say people are more aware of it. It's been around for, for quite, quite some time. Okay, well, I was getting worried and paranoid. I thought maybe all these new diseases were arriving and just poor luck for our dogs and other pets. But another question, you know, we were talking about regular visits to our vet. When we get a senior dog, should we think about increasing the frequency of visits to our vet like we do with senior citizens? Well, I, as an emergency veterinarian, what I see very often is that people have pets for many years and oh, let's say you have a cat that lives indoors, and they seem to be fine, never have any issues, and then one day they just start having problems. And unfortunately, they can't tell us. They can't tell us when they're not feeling well. They rely on us to notice those changes that are going on, whether it's a weight loss or loss of appetite or vomiting or lethargy, any of those things that could indicate a problem. And many times when people come into the ER with their pets, their older pets at that point, there's been a problem that's been developing for weeks, maybe months even. So yes, regular checkups on your geriatric pet would be a, an excellent idea. Having some blood work done, checking the kidney values, making sure that everything seems to be okay. Uh, they, they age just like you and I, and, and problems develop as we get a little bit older and with arthritis and things like that. So there are certainly things that can be done to help help our aging pets. Is there anything else we can do to avoid a trip to the vet ER? Oh, many things. Probably one of the biggest things that we see in dogs especially is eating things that they shouldn't, whether that's a food item that people give to them, you know, the table food that would be fine for you and I, but it just doesn't agree with the dogs or they get into the garbage or they're outside and they're chewing on rocks or sticks and ingest something like that. The gastrointestinal problems, the vomiting and diarrhea, that is such a common problem that we see in the ER and really quite preventable. If people just use a little bit of caution on what they feed their pets, try to stay away from 
uh, table foods, really all table foods, uh, but especially ones that are high in fat content. Uh, those seem to trigger the most issues in dogs. And just stick with a good quality dog food or cat food. And if you're going to feed your dog treats, stick with something that it doesn't seem to be highly processed. I strongly encourage people to, to look to see what is in the products, where they're manufactured. There's been issues with products coming in from other countries which have caused problems. And uh, just do a little bit of research on, on what you're feeding your pets, just like uh, I hope you do with your own foods. Okay, well, that really makes sense. Use caution. Are you aware, you know, I, I keep on hearing from my fellow dog walkers will, you know, talk about what you shouldn't feed or should feed dogs. And I hear different kinds of foods like grapes you shouldn't feed and other things. And then sometimes there's like a conflict. One person will say, oh, yeah, that's good. And another person will say that's bad. Are you aware of any place where you can get a list of things that aren't really good for dogs? Well, I'll tell you, the Animal Poison Control Center, the ASPC Animal Poison Control Center, is a wonderful resource. I mean, you can find them online, and um, they actually have like a little refrigerator magnet with about, oh, six or seven different items that your dog should not eat and the potential uh, for toxicity associated with those. We use them quite often here at the hospital because there's so many medications and different things that people take that their pets get into, and we need to contact them to see, you know, what the potential problems may be associated with so many of the human medications. So, again, the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center is is an absolutely wonderful resource for folks. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing with us. And um, we need to take a break right now. But when we return, Dr. Buckley will share with us what we can do to help our pets from becoming sick. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, host of Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, here on Pet Life Radio. Please join us at our new time on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time to talk about your pets. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. Our guest is Dr. Glenn Buckley, the founder and CEO of Pet Rescue Rx. And we've been talking with Dr. Buckley about our pets and the need to take them regularly to see their vet, just like we go or should be going to see our doctors on a regular basis. And uh, Dr. Buckley, uh, what other ways can we help our pets from becoming sick? Oh, what other ways can we prevent illness in our pets? You know, and I do have a question that's come to me, uh, particularly in spring. 
will be walking our dogs and they're almost grazing like cattle. And there's among my friends, there's a, a big difference in opinion. Is this good for them, bad for them, and different or what? What do you think? Well, that has always been that chicken and the egg question, meaning is it good for them, bad for them? Do they eat grass because they don't feel good, so they vomit? Do they just vomit because they ate grass? My dogs eat grass. I had them out for a walk this morning, and they were both nibbling as we walk along, and no issues, no vomiting, nothing. They just seem to enjoy eating grass, but there are times when they will eat it. Don't know if it's uh, maybe something a little bit different in the particular grass that they were chewing on, but they will get nauseous and they will vomit. It's an unanswerable question. We can't ask them and they can't tell us, and so it leaves it open to uh, a speculation in regards to why they do it. So it could be sometimes because it tastes good and sometimes because it's a medicine, I guess. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because I, I've noticed uh, Max, uh, my dog, he will, in certain areas, seek out certain grass. And mm-hmm. uh, no doubt about it. And usually his buddies will do the same thing. Although they, you know, and just seems to be certain species uh, of grass that they go for. And it's getting more expensive to care for our pets And I read that you stated that it costs more than $1,600 annually to uh, care for a dog. I mean, that's really expensive. How are some ways we can save money on pet health care and medications? Well, as I was saying earlier, uh, prevention is such a key to having costly vet bills by having to treat for an illness. Also, just being aware of what your pets may be getting into in the prevention in regards to eating things that they shouldn't, avoiding the table foods. If you know your pet has some gastrointestinal problems, upset from eating other foods, really try to avoid those. I've talked with my parents about that as well with their dog, you know, and from time to time they'll give little bits of table food and then they'll have a little diarrhea the next day. Grace, you'll have a little diarrhea and it's just just laying low on those things that you see cause problems. And just being uh, conscientious about the activities that your dogs are having, meaning these small breed dogs that are very active and jumping off of furniture and off the beds and can injure themselves, can cause serious back injuries from that type of activity. Preventable. Don't encourage those types of things because uh, if they do injure their back, it can result in paralysis. And many times if it reaches that point, does require a uh, surgery and uh, a long recovery time. Well, that makes sense. I mean, Max is a black lab and he loves to chase a ball. And unfortunately, he injured his back right leg. Fortunately, he didn't have to have surgery, but it took a while for him to get back to normal. And now, as much as he likes that ball, I still throw it for him, but it's not as active as it used to be. Yeah. One other thing that I find people are very grateful to have when their pets have to uh, go into the hospital is the pet insurance. And there's many different plans out there, and people can look and evaluate them to see which one may work for them. There is a premium associated with the pet insurance, but when it comes time to take care of your pets for a serious illness or a surgery or a fractured leg or something like that, it can pay off quite nicely for people um, where they don't have to look at the the financial aspect of taking care of their pets because unfortunately many times that is a decision maker for folks. 
you know, as a vet, that must be uh, hard for you to uh, manage, knowing that something might be done for an animal, but the owner just can't afford to do it, and there's a negative decision made that either the animal doesn't get the care it needs or may even have to be put down. So that would seem like good advice to help reduce those kind of decisions. Yes, unfortunately, I have to talk with folks all the time about, you know, making these decisions and looking at every aspect of why a decision is made, the financial side of it, taking care of their pets, their pet's age, chances of recovery and having a good quality of life. I mean, these are all aspects that need to be considered, and uh, it's something that I do almost on a daily basis. Wow. I had never thought about that aspect of uh, your profession. You know, I guess like many of us, I always think about the the good side, the saving side. But uh, mm-hmm. it really hit me when my daughter's dog reached her time. And my daughter, of course, was very reluctant to say what to do, you know, to give the vet the permission to euthanize Mia. And I asked Christine, I said, you know, are you doing this for Mia? You know, thinking about keeping her alive or for yourself? And she looked me in the eyes and said, I think it's for myself, Dad. I just can't do it. I said, do you think that's fair to Mia? That was her dog. And then she made the decision, and we sat there together. And strange as it sounds, it it was a sad moment, but it was really a bonding moment with a grown child to sit there and share that moment and how special that dog was, not only to her, but to uh, me also. And I guess that's the, the positive side of it, too, isn't it? It, it is. You know, our, our pets bring us so much joy in our life. I don't have any children. I've got two lab mixes, and they're my kids. And as we were just saying here, when it's time to make decisions for our pets when they're older or when they're sick and it's something that we can't treat them and make them better, they rely on us to make good decisions at that time because they don't understand, you know, we can't explain cancer to them like you can a human. You can explain kidney disease or uh, other illnesses that they may have. They just don't feel good. And they need us to be strong and to use the love that we have for them to make good decisions. And I look at it as that we take whatever pain that they may be going through and taking it from them and we're putting it on ourselves. You know, we're going to have the loss to deal with and, and, but we can deal with that. And I would rather take that on myself than know that my pet is not feeling well and suffering. I agree with you. I agree. As tough as that decision is, I mean, it's just to think of, uh, because they're stoic. Yeah. I think pain that would make most humans be screaming a lot of times, a pet will just look you in the eyes and you know something's wrong, but not much else is happening. Now, is there anything else that makes Pet Rescue RX different from other online pet pharmacies? Well, Uh, the big difference with Pet Rescue RX is that Pet Rescue RX donates all of our profit to the animal shelters and rescue groups that our customers select. And we cover our costs, we pay our pharmacists, we cover our overhead costs and buy our inventory. But whatever money that we make from the pharmacy is turned around and given back to the shelters and rescues. There's been tremendous change in the pet medication market in the last 10 to 15 years. It used to be that people would get their pets medications exclusively from their veterinarian. But again, in the last 10 to 15 years, you've got online pharmacies, you've got larger retail like Walmart and Costco and Target 
all getting in on the pet medication markets because they see the profit potential. Americans spend $7 billion every year on pet medications. And the largest online pharmacy for pet medications made $17 million in net profit last year. And that money is not going where it needs to go, in my opinion. You know, it needs to go to these shelters and rescues. I mean, a lot of these rescues, they're out of people's homes. They're paying out of pocket to, uh, to take care of these pets until they can find homes for them. And there's so many good causes out there, so many organizations that need money for the various causes that they support. My passion is pets. I want money to go to these groups that need it. And I believe Pet Rescue Rx is a great way of doing that. Well, that's interesting, Dr. Buckley, because I ask each of my guests this following question. And that is, with all the human misery and suffering in the world, how can you justify spending time, money, and energy advocating for animals? I think we all have to find our path. What brings up in us those emotions those feelings what is important to us and everyone's different everyone is unique and it may be a family experience that they had that takes them down a certain road to support one group or another for me it's always been pets since a young a young boy wanting to be a veterinarian and the pets i had growing up they have been the most important thing in my life and now that I've accomplished getting through vet school and having a career as a veterinarian, I still felt that I have a lot of potential left to just basically kick it up another notch and try to do something much, much larger. And uh, so for me, it's pets. It's always been about my pets, and it always will be. But for everyone else out there who has feelings about another cause, you know, go for it and do what you can to help because we can make this a better world. I think that's a great answer because, in essence, what you're saying is we shouldn't be feel guilty about what we do. We should feel proud and justified and know we're doing good. It helps us, and it helps, uh, in your case, it helps pets, which, you know, is, is, and ultimately, it helps some owner or some new person who adopts a pet because if we don't have the shelters and rescues, there aren't the people who are bringing joy and not only saving the animals, but bringing joy to the uh, families that add a uh, shelter or rescue animal to their household. Exactly. And more and more people are understanding the importance of going to a shelter or going contacting a rescue when they're looking for a pet and avoiding pet stores and avoiding other places that sell pets because there's a growing understanding and a growing knowledge of what the issue is and where some dogs and cats come from and the conditions that they're raised in and that going to a rescue and going to the shelter is the right choice. Well, with that, you know, one thing I haven't asked you, and what's a website address for Pet Rescue Rx? It's PetRescueRx.com. That's easy to remember, PetRescueRx.com. And, you know, it's hard to imagine, but we've run out of time, or about huh. run out of time. And I want to thank you, Dr. Buckley, for joining us. Max A. Pooch gives you five big tail-wagging wolves for the work you are doing and the help you're providing pets and animal shelters. I thank you so much, Keith, for the opportunity to be on your show today. It was a great experience, and you know we don't have a large advertising budget when it comes to Pet Rescue Rx to get the word out, so it's people like yourself and the work that you do which allows us to get our message out to everyone that we can, and we just believe that once people find out about Pet Rescue Rx and what we're all about, they will support us and tell others, and that's just the way we'd like it to be. 
Well, that's great. And that's great, doctor. And in addition to you, I thank our listeners for joining us. And I hope they join us for our next episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. And Max and I also thank Mark Winter, executive producer of Pet Life Radio, and the great sponsors who make this program possible. Till we meet again, I hope everyone remembers we all have the power to be kind and respect all we meet, whether they are humans or animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.